Do you schedule and host events in the Jewish community? Conferences, webinars, local events? Please consider adding your events to Jcast Network's newest project, the Jewish Communal Events Calendar. Don't schedule events, but know someone who does? Invite them to add their events. If we all work together, we can create another wonderful resource for the Jewish community. Visit our calendar and post your events at jcastnetwork.org slash jcbc. You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit mikeknopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. So yesterday I spoke about um, the questions our children ask us, uh, and I uh, use that as an entry into a more general conversation about um, generational divisions in the Jewish community, and not specifically about the questions our children ask us. But I was talking to Lila this morning, uh, and, uh, and she asked me, or she didn't really ask it as a question, she made it more as a comment, but it was, I took it as a question, and I want to pose the question. And I'm going to propose an answer to the question, but I think the question is one that defies an easy answer uh, and is worthy of kiddish conversation. Okay, So... Um, and if I didn't give it to our Torah, I would just pose the question and we could have the Kiddush conversation. But I'll give a, I'll give a, a thought to the answer. So uh, we were talking about, uh, um, she, one of the uh, most prominent features of the Passover story uh, to her are the plagues. And one of the reasons for that is because the plagues come with all different kinds of toys uh, to visualize the plagues, right? And uh, if you were at our congregational Seder, you saw like the frogs that we have everywhere. If you were at our Seder at our home, we have all these little uh, toys of all the different plagues. And the toy for uh, the fifth plague, which is pestilence, dever, the death of uh, livestock, um, is this little like cow on a stand that you push the thing up and the cow falls over, um, and so the, she, that's her favorite. You can also make the head go up and down. Right, the head can go up and down too. Right, and so uh, that was that's her favorite toy, and therefore the plague uh, that sticks out in her mind the most. And so I, I was talking to her this morning about the Passover story, and and uh, and she uh, mentioned the fact that uh, that God made all the cows die. And I said yes. And you know what happened then? And and she said Pharaoh still wouldn't let the people go. And I said that's right. And she said that wasn't a very kind thing to do. And I said which thing wasn't a very kind thing to do? And she said. God making all the cows fall over wasn't a very kind thing to do. And I have to admit, I had actually never thought about that plague in that particular way. And so here is what I believe her question is. Even though she didn't phrase it as a question. Why would God, in an attempt to coerce the Egyptians and coerce Pharaoh to let the Jewish people go, kill the cattle? who presumably, because they have no free will and no say in Egyptian politics, had no role in the enslavement of the Egyptians. In other words, they are innocent victims 
in, uh, in, in God's plagues. Now, you could say, okay, there are lots of innocent victims in God's plagues, and I would argue uh, that for the most part, I'm not sure if I agree with that. For the most part, I think that uh, the, the targets of the plagues are the Egyptians themselves, Pharaoh in particular, but the rest of the Egyptians themselves, and, uh, and you can, one can make an argument that every Egyptian is impl- implicated in the enslavement of the Israelites by virtue of tolerating uh, several hundred years of enslavement. But there are certain Egyptians uh, or certain features of Egypt that are not implicated in that crime and so therefore should not be targeted in the plagues. So how can we justify what happens in the fifth plague with the cattle dying? How can we justify God's act? In the words of Abraham, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? And it seems like an injustice. So how do we explain it? How do we account for it? In uh, philosophy, this branch of philosophy, this school of thought, is called theodicy, which means justifying God, right? But in popular parlance, it really touches on the question of why do bad things happen to good people, right? In a system where God is all-powerful, where God is all-good, how can you have both those things simultaneously? Why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, That is one of the things, one of the many things that we uh, are discussing about Uh, the nature of God uh, in my three-part Who is God series um, that we uh, we just started this past or or, uh, yeah, this past Monday uh, and we'll be continuing um, not this coming Monday, but the Monday after uh, and you're welcome to join us for that. Okay, so what is there a way to justify what happens in the fifth plague? So if you have the uh, text open uh, or if you have a, a chumash by you, you can uh, open to the text. It's uh, Exodus chapter 9. Uh, in the Eitz Chaim, which is what I have open, uh, it's page 364. And the passage goes like this. Moshe, el paro God spoke to Moses and said, Go to Pharaoh and speak to him. Uh, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, uh, send out my people that they may let my people go that they may worship me. Uh, and uh, uh, if you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them, Behold, the hand of the Lord uh, will, pre- will, will inflict your, uh, your livestock that are in the field, your horses, your donkeys, your camels, your, uh, your, your cattle, and your sheep. It will be a very significant, a very harsh pestilence. And God will distinguish between the livestock of the Israelites and the livestock of the Egyptians. And not one animal of the children of Israel will die. And, uh, and, and, um, and the Lord has fixed the time saying, Tomorrow God will do this thing in the land. 
And so God, the next day, did this thing. And all the cattle of Egypt died. And so from the cattle of the children of Israel, not one died. And so uh, uh, Pharaoh uh, uh, sent out, and behold, um, uh, not one cow, not one animal from the uh, children of Israel uh, died. And so Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And he didn't send out the people. So, what happened here is there a way to justify God in this plague. I'm going to propose one possible solution. So if you look carefully at what God uh, uh, or what Moses uh, warns Pharaoh about this plague, he says, The hand of God will um, uh, uh, will uh, strike the livestock of your field. And in the Midrash, uh, there is a distinction drawn. Why specifically did God say the livestock in your field? And the answer is that the livestock in the field would die, and the livestock that was housed, that was sheltered, would not. In other words, Pharaoh has a twofold opportunity here to avoid this plague. The, nice ring. Uh, the, the twofold opportunity to avoid this plague are first, to let the Jewish people go. Okay? Let's say Pharaoh doesn't want to do that. He still has yet a second opportunity to avoid this plague which is to move all the livestock under shelter. He could move them, he could build storehouses for them, he could move them under shelter, and he would avoid this plague even if he didn't release the Hebrews. So Pharaoh not only has one, but two opportunities to avoid this plague. And one of the points that God is making in this plague, as we'll see in just a moment, is that that. Pharaoh's response to the plague is indicative of the sickness at the heart of Egyptian society. That living beings are nothing more than dispensable property. And if you look at what Pharaoh does at the end of the plague, he goes out and he sees that, uh, that all of the livestock of Israel was spared, you would think that at that moment he would recognize the power of God in the act. Because all of the Egyptian livestock was killed, all the Israelite livestock was spared, and he would say, oh my gosh, this must be the hand of God, and I'm going to let the Hebrews go. But that's not what happens. His heart was hardened in that instance. And, the mid, and another Midrash says, why was it that Pharaoh uh, doesn't let the people go at that moment? Because when he goes out and sees that the Israelites still have cattle, he says, ah, it's not such a big deal. I'll just take all the Israelites' cattle, reproduce that, make that cattle reproduce, and replenish all my stock. The sickness that's exposed at the heart of Egyptian society through this plague is that they see living things as ultimately dispensable. And we know that anybody who treats animals that way will inevitably treat human beings that way as well. But that still doesn't get God off the hook, does it? 
because God still kills the cattle in order to prove that point. Unless, of course, God isn't inflicting a punishment here, but it's rather a consequence. So if you have uh, the... um, uh, if you have the Eitz Chaim, and you look in the commentary of the Eitz Chaim, you'll note that it says the notion of sacred animals in Egyptian religion is now rendered absurd. I'm not crazy about that argument because it still doesn't get a God off the hook, right? In order to prove that the Egyptian gods are absurd, God kills lots of animals. That doesn't seem very nice. That doesn't seem very kind, as my daughter would say. The God of Israel strikes the animals with pestilence. Again, right? It, it's, but what if it's not striking the animals with pestilence, what if the animals contract pestilence? And that's, I think, the the point of the next passage. The soil contaminated by enormous mounds of rotting frogs most likely became the breeding ground of disease, probably the highly infectious anthrax, which affected the cattle in the fields. So now we see what happens. Why God makes a distinction between the cattle in the fields and the cattle in shelter. Because the cattle in the fields are going to contract an illness of natural causes. There is illness breeding in the grounds of Egypt. Because of a, of, of a plague that God inflicted, yes, but not a direct striking of the animals in Egypt. Right? The animals outside are going to get sick, God says. You have the opportunity, Pharaoh. Put them inside. They won't get sick. They won't die. And Pharaoh doesn't listen. Pharaoh doesn't do it. So in this plague, I think, I have to construct this in a way to explain it to a three-year-old, but I actually don't think God is making the cows die here. God is giving a Pharaoh the opportunity to prevent a tragedy from happening that is naturally going to happen. I'm generally not a fan of the natural explanations for the plagues, but here is one, I think, that actually helps and actually makes sense. This plague itself is not not inherently a demonstration of divine power against the Egyptians. It's not inherently about God's ability to distinguish between the livestock of the Hebrews and the livestock of the Egyptians. Because we actually don't know. When it says that the livestock of the Hebrews was saved, it could very well be because the Hebrews had the good sense to keep their livestock indoors. Not necessarily because God distinguished between the two. There are other plagues in which God clearly distinguishes between Israelites and Egyptians. uh, But we don't need this plague to demonstrate that aspect of God's power, God's ability to distinguish between the two. Perhaps here, what's happening is that the animal, that there is infectious disease breeding in the grounds of Egyptian soil. And God gives Pharaoh the opportunity to save the livestock. And Pharaoh doesn't take it, and the Hebrews do. And this is ultimately not about God being unkind, but pointing out once again another instance in which Pharaoh is unkind, in which Pharaoh treats and the Egyptians treat living creatures with beating hearts and sentient brains as as dispensable pieces of property, reminding us of the core moral challenge and choice embedded in the Exodus narrative. How do we see the other living creatures with whom we share this planet. 
animals as well as people? Do we see them in the totality of of their divinity and the sanctity of their life? Or do we treat living things as property, as tools for our own use? That's the core challenge in the Exodus narrative, and I think the core message in the fifth plague specifically. Not about God being unkind, but about Pharaoh being unkind and providing us the opportunity to make kind choices ourselves.